This is the Accounting Insider Show. So this is another thing that a lot of investors are unaware of. There's got to be an easier way. It's cheaper for anyone. It doesn't cost anything to set up a business. Because there are many great ideas out there, but it's the people that make ideas happen. Because once you unlock this formula, there's no reason to stop. You just get better and better at it. You just make so much money out of it. We're back again for another episode. Now, today's episode is really caused by, I guess, um, COVID, pandemic, um, you know, the repercussions caused by that. Like, today's topic is, is it finally time to upgrade the family car? Is it time to upgrade my sports car? So, we're going to be touching on all of the decision-making around buying a new car. So, I guess... Let's go back. Um, you know, my greatest car was my VL Commodore, 1983, 84, something like that. Nissan engine, three litre, straight six, reliable as clockwork. I mean, I, when I did buy it secondhand off Gumtree, I did have a few problems. Um, I was buying it on the premise that it was only driven to church on Sundays, but it was bronze. Uh, not a good look in hindsight. Uh, low K's. Had been in an accident. Some of the paint started peeling off after I'd owned it for a while. But it wasn't reliable when I first bought it. Um, I remember driving over to our shack a couple of times and it would sort of get, uh, it would sort of chug along every now and then. Um, what actually happened was there was water in the fuel pump. So Kriegie, my good mate, and I spent a weekend trying to diagnose what the actual problem was. We put a new fuel pump on, blew out the fuel lines. Filled it up with a few fresh fuel and away it went. Went like a rocket, never stopped. Reliable as clockwork. Used to leak oil, so I wasn't allowed to park it in people's driveways. But it was a great car. It cost next to nothing. Once it was fixed up, it just it just worked. It was just, you know, that's what you want with a car. It's just, you jump in it, it gets you from A to B. Well, I guess that's the starting point with cars, isn't it? Uh, everything works um, and come... Rain or shine, you can rely on that car to get you from A to B. Now, all accountants are the same. We'll all tell you that don't buy cars are a waste of money. And that, that's just been the standard answer if someone's asked you whether it's worth upgrading for, for as long as I can remember. However, the rules of the game have now changed. COVID is here and things are different. We'll come to more of that later. Um but after buying a house, buying a car is the second biggest financial decision you'll make. Um, and the questions, my most common questions that I get asked are, should I buy a new car? Should I salary sacrifice it? Can I justify it on tax deductions? Now, we'll touch on some of that today, but <clears throat> on the whole, uh, you know, my standard answers are, should I buy it? Well, no. Should I salary sacrifice well, I think we'll do another podcast on that and we'll do a deep dive into salary sacrificing. But salary sacrificing as a general rule, if you're a higher income earner, is a good rule. Um, will you get a tax deduction for it? Well, it depends what your line of work is and whether you can actually use a car as part of your work. Um, my own situation, um, I think I have got five cars. I know that's a lot, but... Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I've got five. Uh, yeah, some Toyotas, some BMWs, V-Dubs, Porsche. Yeah, yeah, and they're all great cars. Look, and I'm generally one who buys them and holds them. 
Um, I've got a mate who's a great mechanic. He keeps them all um, in tip-top shape. Um, whatever he says, I do. Uh, all the newer ones, well, then they have to obviously get serviced at, you know, under warranties and things like that. But I think as part of this discussion, if you don't have a relationship with a mechanic, even if it's at your local dealership, you know, always go back to that some that that same person, build up a relationship because you want someone that you can trust when you see a, you know, a warning light come on on the dash or you hear a clunking noise or you just want to drop in and show them something that you think's not quite right with a car. If you've got that relationship, well then, it's gold. It really does pay dividends. Um, and even if it's, you know, Zach, I love him. He's he's my my um, personal mechanic. He's a great guy. I take my cars down there all hours of the day and night and he fixes them, brings them back to life, brings them back in tip-top shape. I mean, I think I let him down because last time I picked up the BMW 318 from him, he polished it for eight hours before he gave it to me and he said, Kim, I'm giving it to you on the condition that you look after it. Well, I took it back there last week to put some M3 mags on it and he looked at it as I was driving into his carport and he was just smiling and he said, you didn't do what I asked you to do last time, did you? And I said, mate, I've been too busy. He said, okay. It was covered in dirt. My beautiful white 318i. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, that's a whole different story. But let's just go to the benefits of a new car. Well, you know, if you're in the services industry, branding is really important. And when you're going out and visit, visiting with clients or meeting up socially, branding is... is um, is is what your car says about you like is it what your car is a statement on what you like um, whether you like standing out whether you're conservative whether you um, have good quality whether you like European Japanese Australian made all of those things are decided by what you rock up uh, at your meeting with your client in um, you know like even if you love uh, your old Holden's and <laughs> your old Commodores and they're green and they're old and they're from the 80s, that might not be the look. Even though you love the car and it's been going for forever, it may not say about you what you want it to say. Even though you're completely different to your car, um, it's, 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 it's like, I call it like your business card, is your business car. So, yeah, when you say you look nice, I think that, being a success, a successful professional, uh, it, sta- it it ties in that you'd have a nice car associated with that. Um, and also, like driving a new car is a great feeling and it's really a thank you from the business to you. You know, you've been working all those long hours, day and night, weekends, weekdays, this is one way of the business saying thank you and making you feel good. And, and like my car is my second office. So I'm in it just as much as I'm in my office and I need everything working. When, when my Bluetooth clicks in, it needs to be crystal clear. I don't want it to sound like I'm talking underwater. I don't want to have an aftermarket Bluetooth kit that I have to remember to turn on every time I jump in the car. I just want everything to work. I want a charger. I want air conditioning, I want heated, cooled seats, all of that stuff just should come as standard. Um, I want cruise control, I want plenty of power, and I want it I want it to look nice. 
And, you know, like, it, it was said to me once that if, if you're going to rock up and chair a board meeting, you don't want to be driving a Datsun 120Y. Now, I can relate to that entirely. Um, people are going to look at what you what you drive. I mean, we were getting a consultant to come and do some consulting for our business, and he rocked up in a Jag. And that was a statement to say, hey, look, I've got style, I've got class, I know what I'm doing, uh, I've got a bit of spare cash, I'm, I'm driving a nice car. And I, I won't forget that. Uh, reliability too, I sort of touched on that. You know, like, he, I mean, someone once said to me that the more you spend on a car, the less reliable it is. Now, I think that's an exaggeration. Maybe some of those really top-end brands keep breaking down all the time. But, hey, as far as car goes, there's enough happening in your life. You don't want to be worried about it breaking down, heaven forbid. Now, COVID's changed the whole game when it comes to buying cars. We've got now supply line hold-ups, COVID shutdowns, Queensland floods. Well, that's not related to COVID, but it's happened at the same time. You've got a lot of cashed up buyers. Now, this is driving the price of second-hand cars through the roof. Now, God knows where everyone's getting the money from, but I think that it's the job keeper money and the job seeker money. And it, it's the bonuses that the government were handing out during COVID, which have filtered through into everyone's back pocket and have pushed up the price of second-hand cars. What this has actually also meant is, well, because of the COVID shutdowns, there's been supply issues with getting new cars. So let's go back two or three years ago. You used to be able to walk into a car yeah, car lot and pretty well buy a car and have it within either straight away that day or within a couple of months. Well, that doesn't happen anymore. Now you put a deposit down on a new car and you might have to wait 6, 12, 18 months, two years. Um, that's never happened before. And people, further to that, rather than waiting, people are happy to pay pay for new cars over and above what the recommended retail price is. So if they want a new car they and they don't want to wait, what we're seeing now is um, people advertising on car sales with, cars with a couple hundred kilometers on the clock getting five ten fifteen thousand dollars above what people have paid for that car just because the vendor has been happy to put his name down or her name down 12 months before um, that date to actually go in the queue and then wait their time out and then take delivery of the car i think there's also they're paying a premium because you know there's so much uncertainty around today too um, no one knows what's going to happen in 12 months' time. People have got money, they've got it now. They want to have that item now because they've got the cash. They don't want to wait. Um, they don't know whether they're still going to have that cash in their pocket in 12 months' time. They might choose to buy something else. They don't want to line up and wait. I mean, we're in the instant age now. Um, putting your name down and waiting is is a thing of the past. But for those who have got the patience, um, it can actually play dividends. Now, a friend of mine, Will, um, he bought a Prado. Uh, got the fleet discount on it. It was a VX. Uh, drove it. I think it had, I'm not sure of the exact kilometres, but three to 6,000 kilometres on it and flipped it for a $15,000 profit. The person buying that car uh, had just written off his Prado. Uh, so he had to have a car. He didn't want to wait, couldn't wait, so he paid 
Well, so I think the fleet discount on that was about nine thousand. So he paid five or six thousand dollars as a premium over and above the recommended retail price, just so he could have the car straight away. Now, that was unheard of. You know, the, the saying was in the old days: if you know, as soon as you drive out of the showroom, you can knock twenty-five to thirty percent off the value of the car. Well, that that doesn't happen now. Now, I'm not. This is not giving you financial advice, and this is not saying this is going to continue, but. This is what we're seeing at the moment. Um, the other place that I think people are getting the money to upgrade their cars, secondhand and new, is from the COVID-induced property boom. Now, property prices, Just I'm just talking in Australia, um, there's been a 30% increase in property prices across the board. Now, probably Sydney and Melbourne have seen more than that, but... Um, I'm just saying on a whole across Australia, that's the number banded around as being what property's gone up. Now, people are using their properties like an ATM machine. They're getting them revalued. They're getting their loan amount increased and they're using that property as an ATM machine to cash out to be able to buy these these toys, well, cars, assets. Um, but we're seeing that push the price of cars up. Um I think that there's also, well, yes, there is. Um, there's a tax deduction out there, for instant asset write-off, which was introduced sort of pre-COVID and then sort of ramped up during COVID. I think it was 30000 before COVID and then as a result of COVID, it got increased to one hundred and fifty. Now, just be careful on that because I think that that is driving the popularity of cars. Like, it, you know, going back, the most popular car in Australia was the Holden Commodore. Well, now, I think the most popular car in Australia is the Toyota Hilux and followed closely behind by the Ford Ranger. Now, my guess is that the Toyota Hilux and the Ranger are um, so popular because uh, of the tax deductibility of tradies using those sorts of cars. Um, you know, they, they um, are treated differently because they're um, classed as commercial vehicles there's a, the list that the ATO puts out but double check that before you actually go out and buy one of these cars because they're all quite unique in where they fit in that list on on the ATO list but I mean don't think that you know if you're a doctor and you're driving to work because you're buying a Hilux you can claim a tax deduction for it that doesn't work I mean it's it's got to be justifiable um, you know you've got to be able to justify that that car is um, being used exclusively for your work and any private use um, is incidental to it. But so the, the tax deductibility of cars is probably another driving force with this whole COVID um, car boom that's happening. Um, now, there are other cars out there like the Porsche GT3s, the Porsche GT3 RSs, um, you can't even buy them anymore. Now, to, to get in the queue to buy one of them, I think uh, in Adelaide we're seeing five of them a year. You have to prove to the dealership that you've owned a 911 and you've bought the 911 through them previously to be able to even go into the queue for a Porsche GT3 RS. Now, that that's just taking it all to a new level. And I think that, that is, there's a lot of um, that happening in the luxury car market. Um, you see it happening with Ferraris, uh, Lamborghinis, um, 
yeah, in in that space, I, I know situations where friends of mine have bought Ferraris just so that they can get in the queue for the top end, like SP2s. And when so they've actually lost money on the. I think they bought a four five eight, but that enabled them to. Um, and and I don't think think they actually made money on the four five eight, but that put them in the queue for the top end luxury Ferrari, which they actually did make a lot of money on, and they sold their spot in the queue. That is a topic for another day in how do you sell your spot in the queue without Ferrari or Porsche realising. Um, there's a whole art behind that. I'm no expert on it, but I've heard stories about it. Um, but I've also heard that if um, any of the companies get wind that you've sold your spot, they'll cancel your spot in the queue. So um, that's another thing to be careful of if you're planning on going down that track. So, what are the smart guys doing with car buying? If you know, if if you've realised that okay, uh, we we've put up with the old car for for forever, it's now time to update. Um, we think that financially we're in a position to be able to afford it. Our business is going well, um, and all of the um, environment is supporting now as a time to update upgrade. Well, I think it's time to do the research and work out exactly what you want. I mean, we're only custodians of the car, so you want to buy a car with good resale value. Um, and there's um, there's recently been a, uh, a an article in the Australian on which of the cars are. Um, well, I think it was actually Redbook who put the article out. Um, they talked about all of the cars that. We're in high demand, and that only well, their their um, analysis was more along the lines of: in three years, what are the cars that drop twenty five percent or less? Now, at the top of the list was the Land Cruiser three hundred series. Now, that's there's a, a one to two year wait on them. Um, then it was, uh, believe it or not, Jeeps. Um, Teslas were up there. Um, Subarus. Anyway. Uh, generally speaking, you, you, you're going to choose a car that is not going to be too hard to offload when you want to trade it in in two or three years' time. So you've got to be clever. Even if you have got your heart set on one particular model, and colour is important as well, but I wouldn't advise buying it if you're going to be the only person driving a, you know, a yellow... Um, well, they don't make them anymore, but, a, you know, a, a yellow, I was going to say Carmen Gear, but that's a bad example, but a, a yellow um, RAV4, for example. You, you'd be wanting to choose a, a colour that, like your silver, grey, I've heard black is sometimes not as popular because everyone knows it's so hard to keep clean. Um, white, silver, grey, I think they're most... The, the most common colours. Um, the smart guys are using fleet discounts. Um, not that hard to get. In the, going back um, some time ago, you had to prove that you had two or three cars of that same brand to get the fleet dealerships. Now, if you know a person in the right place, you can often just get those fleet discounts. And they are substantial. Um, and, and not everyone's getting them. Um, 
I've rung up about second-hand cars before which have been advertised um, and they're, they're effectively new and I've said, hang on, I can get this for this price and they've said, no, 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 you're factoring a fleet discount. Most people don't get fleet discounts. We're not discounting it that much. And I didn't get the car but that person went on to sell it. So not everyone's getting fleet discounts if you're if you ask around and you're clever about it. Um, chances are you may find that you are able to get it even though on the face of it you may not meet the criteria. There's referral fees out there as well. If, if you get all your friends to buy from the dealership that you're buying from, chances are that they might give you two to 500 bucks a, a referral per car. Um, now that might not come in handy on the first one that you buy. However, if you update your car in three years' time, well there might have been 10 or 15 people that you've sent there that gives you um, a discount on the next one that you buy. Um, you've got to be patient. Like, do your research. Go and do your meetings. Then put your deposit down. Sometimes people aren't even taking deposits now. It's just name and address, phone number, and you can go in the queue. Um, last time I'm pl- I inquired at the Porsche dealership, I think they wanted a $5,000 deposit. Um, I... I think if you know the person who's the dealer, you well, this is not Porsche, this is talking about others, um, you may not, not even have to put anything down just to put your name in the queue. But um, play the long game. Don't make your mind up on the weekend or, you know, the 20th of June that you want a new car by the 30th and then ring around all of it, all of it, you know, the, the capital city to try to track that car down. Put the deposit down now for June next year. And if it comes in earlier, well, that's a bonus. Fuel efficiency. Everyone is worried about fuel prices now. So the old fuel guzzlers are getting hammered in the second-hand market. I'm seeing that now with really old Toyota Land Cruisers. Um, We've just bought the shack, so we need a car to tow the boat in and out of the water. Um, They've come down drastically since the war in Ukraine has pushed the uh, petrol prices up. So electric vehicles, um, I think two years ago, 0.5% of new car sales in Australia were electric. Last year, 2% were electric. So, uh, and, and I noticed that talking to people. Um, I've got one client who's an electrician who's bought a Tesla. I did a, I did a podcast on it. It was great driving his car. He absolutely loves it. Um, but then speaking to other people, a number of them have now said the next car I get will be electric. And I think that everyone who's got electric cars loves them. Um, a lot cheaper to run, uh, you know, no maintenance costs, just replacing uh, tyres. Uh, I think it might cost like $4 to charge it overnight as opposed to a whole tank of petrol. Um much quicker too. That's that's what I was talking to a person about last week. They, they, they're telling me they don't have time to go to the fuel station anymore. They'd rather just put a plug into their, um, well, their charging socket at night. Um, they think that's a lot quicker than taking time out with kids in the car to go and get petrol and, and stand there and wait for 10, 15 minutes while your car fills up with petrol. Um, 
there's there's a lot more hybrids out there now. Like I, I hired a, a Toyota hybrid when I was up uh, a Rav Four hybrid when I was up in um, Gold Coast earlier this year. That was a great car. And when you drop the car back to the um, rental car company at the end of the week, I was surprised at how little it cost me to fill up the tank. And that was because it was part battery powered, part um, petrol. Yeah, so the hybrids are becoming more popular, probably more than the sole electric cars, but uh, I think that you're paying more to get into them. But uh, I, I think that the fuel cost is significant if, you, um, if you're doing a lot of kilometres. And there's also uh, diesel cars. Now, um, they are still quite popular because the diesels are renowned to be um, that much more fuel efficient. Financing the car. Now, I'm assuming that whoever's, whoever's the, the smart guys out there aren't waiting for the bank balance to build up to a hundred grand before they go out and buy the car. They're doing it on finance. Um, now, from my experience, finance financing a car is pretty much if you're over 18 and you've got a heartbeat in the job, they will give you the finance. Uh, the car finance companies obviously weren't subject to the Banking Royal Commission that we recently had. So there's <laughs> they've come out of it unscathed. So the, uh, the criteria that they need to meet to give you a car loan is way, 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 way less than buying a home loan. And I guess the added benefit is that they can seize the car without too much trouble if you default on the repayments. They send around the... Um, the guys with the tow truck to collect it. Not that I've ever known anyone who's had a car repossessed. But if they do, um, and I'm sure it happens because you see them popping up in Pickles auctions all the time, it's not too hard to retrieve that car and um, auction it. And with second-hand car prices as strong as they are at the moment, um, it's not surprising that these finance companies are so gung-ho about lending money because I think that when the cars are getting repossessed, they're selling at auction for more than the amount of the debt that didn't used to happen. Um, so, very easy to raise finance. And also, what we're noticing too is the car finance companies, let's just take Toyota for example, and this is not a, a plug for Toyota, but um, Toyota is the the biggest car manufacturer in the world. So, it's um, it's it's not... Um, it, it's, it's not inappropriate for us to use Toyota as an example, but Toyota going back three or four months ago were had a special on finance where they were doing 2.9% and the closest banks could get was about 4.9%. So, and I asked the dealership why they were so much lower than the banks and they said that they were borrowing their money out of Japan where interest rates were much lower than they were in Australia. So um, the bank manager said to me that, and this wasn't for my car, this was just, talking about cars in general and it was actually organizing finance for a client of mine the bank manager actually said we're no longer competitive we're not in the, we don't want to be in that space well they do want to be in that space but they can't compete with the car companies from overseas so i think in that situation they didn't even require financials for that company they just required the company constitution to be faxed through to them and that was enough to approve the car loan um yeah so that's pretty well it. Like, I guess just to recap, 
now is probably a great time to think about upgrading your car um, f- for a whole range of reasons. I don't know whether it's going to continue uh, and I don't even know whether if you put your deposit down whether conditions will be the same this time next year. However, right now as we speak, um, there are a whole lot of ra- reasons to actually go out there and buy a new car unlike there have been in the past. So thanks for tuning in. If you like the podcast, um, share it with your friends and if you could give us a five-star rating on iTunes, that would be totally awesome. And thanks again, guys.